Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This bonus episode of She Podcasts is brought to you by Meet Edgar. MeetEdgar.com slash She Podcasts. Hello, I'm Elsie Escobar, half of the She Podcast team. And do we have a special treat for you? Consider this one of your holiday gifts, okay? One of your holiday gifts. It is meant to help you get inspired about the power of your voice as well as help you continue to take up space in the world of podcasting. The following is the opening keynote from Kristen Meinsner. She is a speaker and author of So You Want to Start a Podcast. And the title of this keynote is Your Voice is a Gift. So what was she the opening keynote for? She was the opening keynote for She Podcast Live for this year's amazing, just mind-blowing historical conference that was all centered on women and women's voices. So looking back, I can tell you that this keynote could not have been more perfect. I mean, we asked her to be a keynote. We didn't really quite know what it was going to be. And then it was just, I don't even have words. So, so much of what Kristen says is vital for all of us to keep podcasting and the lessons that she shares and the gentle tenacity and kindness with which Kristen imparts wisdom is just phenomenal. Get a notebook and take notes and then go on social media and share your biggest takeaways because we all need to hear them. Oh, and if you want to get to know Kristen a tiny bit better, she was so gracious to come on our show. She was on episode 235 titled, So You Want to Start a Podcast. Okay, so look through that. And if you want to listen to a little bit more of that, it's brilliant. Okay, so Kristen is hands down inspiring. And in truth, she's not the only one. All the women that spoke at She Podcast Live brought their A-game and they shared a level of wisdom that has already shifted so many lives. If you didn't get a chance to attend and want a community of women supporting you in everything from mindset, imposter syndrome, to tactical approaches to making money and building a business in podcasting, you need to get the virtual ticket. So you can find that over at shepodcast.com slash virtual ticket, all one word. There is also a link in the show notes. And if you want to buy it right now, look at your podcast app of choice, like as you're listening. And if it supports chapter marks, there will be a link right in front of your face that you can tap and you can buy, right? Or at least scroll through the stuff and then you get to see what, what all that stuff is. All right, so before we get going with, we are going to hear from Nicole Christina from Zestful Aging Podcast and her experience of our sponsor, Meet Edgar, which you can start using for $1 a month over at meetedgar.com slash she podcasts. Take it away, Nicole. 
Hi there, it's Nicole Christina, and I am the host of Zestful Aging Podcast. And I took your advice and I got Meet Edgar and OMG, it has changed my life. It is so clever, so helpful. I've been doing the bonuses while I'm knitting, which is perfect combination. And I've learned a ton. Um, and I've taken online courses before about content production. It is awesome. Thank you so much. And I even sent a little email to Laura to see if she wanted to be on my podcast because she's such a star. So thanks so much. I just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying it. Thanks. Bye. If you want to send us your love for Meet Edgar, feel free to send us your feedback via speakpipe.com slash podcasts, or you can email feedback at shepodcast.com. And again, remember, sign up over at meetedgar.com slash shepodcasts. All right. Okay. And now with that, here is our present to you via Kristen Meisner. Your voice is a gift. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here at She Podcast Live. I, I cannot believe how amazing this is to be surrounded with like just the most beautiful, interesting, intelligent, unique women in the whole world. You're all in this room and I'm so excited to be here. And I'm, I'm just like so grateful to us and to Elsie for putting this together. And I know you guys are too. Um, so my talk is called Your Voice is a Gift. And to help me with this is somebody with a beautiful voice, my producer for Buy the Book, Nora Ritchie. <laughs> Nora Ritchie is a well-respected, highly celebrated super producer, and I'm sure a lot of you people know who she is because she also is the producer of Unladylike. And um, she also is a singer and has a beautiful voice, so she's going to help animate some portions of this talk today. Um, she's, she said she's going to stay low-key through most of it, but you'll hear her beautiful voice through part of this. So, oh, am I doing this right? Where do I point at? There I am. That's me. <laughs> All right. So um, for those of you who don't know me, I host a show called By the Book. And By the Book is a reality show. Thank you. By the Book is a reality show in podcast form. And in each episode of the show, my friend Jolenta Greenberg and I choose a different self-help book. We distill the book down to a set of rules. And then we follow all of those rules religiously for two weeks while recording ourselves at home, at work, in the world, so you can hear how each book enhances and destroys our lives, including our marriages. <laughs> And uh, in addition to that, Jolenta and I also host a show called We Love You and So Can You. <laughs> and that uh, we call that a makeover show for your heart. So people write into us with different predicaments. We give them a set of self-love steps to take. And then hopefully at the end of two weeks, they love themselves a little bit more and feel more capable of taking on the world. And some other shows that I work on... Um, you know, when our, our wonderful uh, speaker just was mentioning uh, CNN's Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen go to the movies, I've hosted a couple of movie podcasts. That's one of them. And I'm also a Meghan and Harry super fan. So um, if you happen to like the Royals and think that Meghan Markle is the most important person in the world, <laughs> yes, she is. She is. That, that podcast uh, launched the week that they got engaged, and it culminated with my co-host James and I going to the wedding. So it's a really fun podcast. <laughs> 
All right, but in addition to hosting shows, I'm also the former director of um, uh, nonfiction programming at Panoply, which created a lot of other shows that I'm sure you all know, like Revisionist History. And I am the former producer of Happier with Gretchen Rubin, The Sporkful, Girl Boss Radio, Happier in Hollywood, uh, Soundcheck, and all the real simple shows and about a dozen other programs. And I'm also the author of three books, uh, up until last month, the book I was most well-known for was called Return to Intercourse, an Amish Romance, which um, I, I wrote that in six days while, um, for by the book, we were living by a book called How to Write an E-Book in Less Than 7 to 14 Days That Will Make You Money Forever. And I uh, wrote this Amish romance in six days. And, um, but the book, <laughs> the book that I am proud of and thrilled that we have here today is So You Want to Start a Podcast. Uh, and um, as Jess mentioned earlier, I'll be down at the stitcher table later if you guys want me to sign your copies of the book or get a book. So there you go. All right. So in addition to all those professional things, I'm also a lot of other things. Everybody in this room is many, many things, obviously. You're way more than your job title. You're way more than what you do nine to five every day. And in my case, I'm a woman of color. I'm an Asian American. I'm a Korean adoptee. I am a Minnesota native, probably so. <laughs> I am a Brooklynite. And... Um, this month, I'm celebrating my 20-year anniversary of living in Brooklyn, and I'm an environmentalist. I'm a feminist. I'm a sexual harassment whistleblower. I'm, I'm a childhood abuse survivor. I'm a mentor for women and people of color, and I'm a grandma lover uh, <laughs> and a Dolly Parton superfan, and I also am a golden girl at heart. And, for the record, I think of myself as a rose, and I want to make clear Rose is not dumb, she's just naive. <laughs> now, this whole package, the giant package of who I am, the work I've done, the love of my grandma, everything else, when it comes down to it, I'm fortunate. Some people like me. Kristen, I love how you always approach things so practically and unabashedly. I feel like I've become better at advocating for myself just through listening to the way you interact with people. Emily, listener of and by the book. She's a pretty great wife. <laughs> My husband, Dean. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, but of course, I want to make clear, some people don't like me. Oh my God, I can't do this. Okay, I'm a guy here, and this show is like having the view for podcast. Even at twice the speed, it is unbearable. Maybe it works for women, but not for me. Those poor husbands of theirs must be perfect. Come on, girls. More fun, less useless chat. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't stop there, because it's not just my opinions and personalities that rub some people the wrong way. It's also just the sound of my voice. Accents. I had to Google their photos to assure myself that an 80-year-old Midwestern lady think Bobby's mom on steroids and a 13-year-old hipster baby talker weren't doing a podcast. <laughs> and also, it's not just my personality, my opinions, or the sound of my voice. It's also how I laugh. Kristen, please stop laughing so much. It's not unprofessional and immature, and your laugh is also very irritating. You know, 
When I was first starting out, <laughs> thank you, Nora. Doesn't Nora just have the most beautiful voice? <laughs> now, when I was first starting out, it really bummed me out when I would receive this criticism. And I know a lot of you guys are early in your podcast endeavors, and maybe you get comments like this, and maybe it discourages you too. Maybe it makes you question yourself. And I have to be honest, sometimes it still breaks my heart. It's not just when I was starting out. I've been doing this for over 10 years now, and it still hurts sometimes. But over the years, <laughs> I've gotten better at knowing what criticism take, to take seriously and what criticism to ignore. And whenever I'm in doubt, I remind myself of a few things. So thing one, some criticism is actually worth listening to. And I'm going to give you some examples of what's been useful for me over the years. For example, your edits sound rough. Like, are there two breaths in a row? Does it sound like nobody breathes at all? Kristen, are you wandering so far off mic that I can't hear half of what you say? Are the levels of your show so uneven that when you um, are talking about something you're excited about, it's so loud it blows someone ears, someone's ears out? And when you're not excited, it just sounds like this I can't even hear what you're saying. Um, are there problems with the mixing? Is the release schedule driving me nuts as a listener? Why don't you release at 6 p.m. every Thursday instead of sometimes on Friday and sometimes on Saturday? These are all kinds of criticism that everybody in this room should not take personally. This is valid criticism. This is criticism that can help you to make your show better. So I just want to make clear right now, not all criticism is bad, and some criticism can actually help you to make a better show. So don't ignore all the criticism out there. That being said, <laughs> I know that I should not take the vast majority of criticism personally. And that's because, <laughs> thing two, people freaking love to complain. They love it. And we as humans are far more likely to complain to the source if we don't like something than if we do. How many times have you called the bank to tell them that you love them? How many times? <laughs> How many times have you done that? And the fact is, on average, we as humans tell five people when we don't like something. Five people and only one person when we do. We just love to complain. We're the worst. But if you don't believe me, just look at any Facebook thread of any conversation ever, except on the She Podcast page, which is always a delight and never has anything like that. But just look anywhere else and you'll see this. Look at any article that you'll read. Like, I, I think it's maximum three comments before somebody says something so crappy that you're just like, you're, you're mean. You're just not nice. You're not nice. So in other words, for every one person complaining about me, I remind myself that there are probably lots more who just aren't writing or calling in to tell me how great I am. For every one person complaining, there are probably people who are just quietly taking joy in what I make, and that makes me feel good. Thing three. People love to complain about women's voices in particular. And by the way, we all have beautiful voices, but people love to complain about them. And um, if you haven't listened to Ira Glass's now very famous segment called Freedom Fries, I highly recommend you listen to that. In it, he explains that over the course of This American Life, he's received hundreds of letters complaining about correspondence voices, uh, about their vocal inflections, about vocal fry, about the fact that they talk like adult babies. And every single letter he's gotten complaining about a voice, every single one has been against a woman. And on top of that, when he looks at all of the things that people are complaining about that women do with their voices, he can point out 
himself doing that in every episode of the show. He does it every single time. So anytime they're complaining about a woman's voice, it's because she's a woman, not because of what she's saying or how she's saying it. So I remind myself, if people are complaining about my voice, I remind myself, first of all, you know what? We live in a media environment where most people for most of our history have listened to men's voices. And that means that they're going to have a narrow-minded view of things and they're gonna think that women sound like idiots a lot of the time because we're not allowed to talk usually. And I take any criticism of my voice then with a grain of salt. And then of course, like the great Grace Lee Boggs, I do my best to overthrow the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> As Grace famously said, we are the leaders we've been looking for. Every, song, every single person in this room, we're the leaders we've been looking for. Thing four, some people are ignorant enough to think that an accent equals an IQ. Now, many people presume that a regional accent is indicative of a low IQ, a low social class, a substandard education. And these criticisms are especially common with voices that people code as immigrant, that they code as black, Latinx, um, that they code as Midwestern, certain boroughs, um, outer boroughs of New York City. And, you know, quick aside, by the way, having a low IQ or coming from a lower economic class, by the way, is not a bad thing. IQ tests are completely rigged. And, um, most of us didn't grow up rich, so who gives a damn if we sound like we're from a lower class? Most of us, if, if you're like most of America, you probably didn't grow up in a millionaire household. Thus, my tactic when people are insulting my accent is to show the haters that I can talk like the great Rose and Island of the Golden Girls, and I can still say intelligent things at the same time, and um, to do all I can to elevate diverse voices. And I do that by mentoring women and people of color. I call out classism and racism when I see it, and I fight for a more equitable world. And I remind myself that for every person who feels alienated, irritated, or upset by the sound of my horrible Midwestern accent, that there is somebody else out there who feels seen. I've had people write into me that I remind them of their North Dakota grandmother who used to make cookies. And if I'm reminding you of a grandma, then my work is done here. Because that's all I really wanna do is to remind you of your grandma. Thing five, some people are accustomed to presenters and not personalities. So, you know, there's a difference between a presenter and a personality, like uh, Morning Edition on NPR or the BBC or NBC Nightly News. These are all presenters. They're supposed to look buttoned up. They're not supposed to have opinions. They're not supposed to laugh. They're supposed to just present. And then, of course, there are personalities. So a personality is like the great Oprah here. Look, she's hugging she's, or she's about to hug. She's excited to hug. Look at that face. She has feelings. She reveals things about herself. She's a personality, not a presenter. And so I remind myself if people feel that I'm being too emotional or bringing too much personality into anything that I make, I remind myself that if they are complaining about my laughter, if they're complaining about all those things, I'm not a presenter. I'm a personality. And actually, the vast majority of podcasts are driven by personality. And people come back because they develop a relationship with you as a person. You know what they're not friends with? The BBC guy. 
They're not friends with that guy. They don't, you know that one, like, maybe you guys have seen this picture before. It's the guy who's sitting next to the billboard of the kids eating ice cream, and he feels like he's friends with the guys eating ice cream. So a lot of us have seen this. It's been posted on the She Podcast page a million times. But you know who they don't feel like they're eating ice cream with? The guy on the BBC. So just make that clear. And also, another thing I remind myself of is if they're making fun of my laughter, screw them. They're lucky to hear my laughter. And if you don't want to have a little bit of joy in your life, then you can just move on because you're lucky if you get to hear me laugh. My laughter is one of the sweetest things in the world. <laughs> thing six, you know what? Strong opinions are sometimes divisive. As people, we all have opinions and sometimes our opinions don't line up and that's okay. So, you know, I was actually just talking with some podcasters yesterday who say they regularly get mail saying like, I didn't like your opinion on this. I don't like your opinion on that. Well, they're still writing. So that means they're still listening to your show. <laughs> opinions make us interesting. Opinions get people riled up. Who doesn't love looking at a top 10 list of the best movies of 2019 and shaking your fist like, oh, are you freaking kidding me? This list is the worst. Opinions are exciting. They get people excited. And just because people get mad at your opinions doesn't mean they're not enjoying your show. Think about Cisco and Ebert. And, you know, they were very divisive to a lot of people. People would hate one, love the other, or vice versa but they still had the most popular movie review show in the history of movie review shows. So in short, what I do when people are not on board with my opinions is I just do my best to own my opinions and know that the content I make would be far less interesting if I tried to make everyone happy. Because if I was trying to make everybody happy, I'd be making nobody happy. And I don't want to make nobody happy. I want to make just a few people happy, just like you people over there, but not you guys over here. So, um, and then I also think of this quote from Steve Jobs, and I'm not a Steve Jobs fan, but I do like this quote. If you want to make everyone happy, don't be a leader, sell ice cream. And for all the people in this room who sell ice cream, thank you. Ice cream is delicious. I love ice cream. But all of you are in this room not because of your ice cream, unless you're hosting an ice cream podcast. You're here because you have opinions, because you have ideas, because you have voices. So yeah, you, you don't need to worry about making everybody happy. Thing seven, my story is unique. Now, yes, it's totally possible that there are a gazillion other Korean adoptees raised in Minnesota living in New York who love the Golden Girls. There probably are. All of you raise your hands. Um, <laughs> And yes, there are other Dolly lovers working in the media who are also Royals enthusiasts and whistleblowers. I bet there are lots of those out there. And no doubt a lot of people in this very room right now are also married to a dude from New Zealand and consider their late grandmother their best friend. I'm sure, yep, all of you, yeah, so many of you. Um, but despite all that, I know that there's only one Kristen Meinzer and there's no one better at being Kristen Meinzer than me. And... More importantly here at this moment with everyone in this room, there is no one better at being you than you. So please don't imitate or try to emulate anybody else out there. I don't care how much you admire them. Don't try to be anybody but yourself. For example, I frequently hear people say, oh, I would just love to sound like Roxanne Gay. You know what? Only Roxanne Gay can be Roxanne Gay. There is no one better at being Roxanne Gay than Roxanne Gay. But on the flip side, Roxanne Gay could never be you or you or you or you. No matter how hard she tries, she can't be any of you in this room. So 
Embrace the fact that only you can do you. You're the only card-carrying member of you in the universe. So just own it. Own it and love the fact that you are you. Thing eight. Telling my own story may help other people with theirs. So there are people who feel alone in their struggles and identities. And sometimes just me making a nonchalant aside, mentioning like, oh, yeah, as an adopted person, yada, 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 People write in all the time and say, you just made me feel seen because of that one thing. And then that's just an aside. And then all the times I say things more deliberately, like, you know, revealing that I'm a whistleblower, people sometimes feel that, wow, knowing that you did that, maybe I can do that too. I'm not alone in this thing that I'm facing at work. I'm not alone in whatever it is, and I can speak up too. And sometimes they even write me nice letters. I don't just receive mean letters. Kristen, I want to thank you for sharing your story, because honestly, your optimism and cheer are qualities that I've always associated with people who are free from the damage of childhood abuse. The fact that you have endured similar horrors and have come out on the other side as a sunny person who loves the world and thinks the best of people gives me hope that maybe someday I will get there, too. This is one of my favorite letters I've ever received. I'm trying not to cry because every time I see this letter from Casey, who's a by-the-book listener, I just think it's all worth it. Everything I do is worth it. Now, of course, it may seem, by the way, like this almost this entire speech has been about me, but I want to make clear it's not just about me. It's about you. Because I want you to know you're not alone in the face of self-doubt. Sometimes I feel doubt. Sometimes every person in this room look around. Everybody feels doubt sometimes. I want you to know that some criticism can be taken seriously, but most of it, don't worry about. It doesn't matter. And I want you to feel confident in your identities and your personalities and your opinions and your laughter. And I want you to own, <clears throat> I want you to own your voices and your stories. And this presentation, it's also about making sure that you know how to make a successful show because when you stop questioning your voice, you can start asking yourself the real questions that matter. Like, why am I starting a podcast? Who is it for? What is the story I'm telling? How will it be structured? These are the questions that are essential for making a great show, not does my voice sound weird. That is not an essential question to make a great show. It's not essential. So please, make sure that you get to the point every day. Practice loving your voice. Do that. And it will help you not only to feel better about yourself, but it will help you with the logistical things that people ask me about all the time, like how do I build an audience? How do I get money? All of those things come down to owning your voice. And this presentation, it's also about your listeners. When you speak authentically to your listeners, they won't just listen to your show for information. As I mentioned, they'll listen to you because they consider you a friend. They'll be more likely to share stories with you when you ask them to. If you in each episode of your show say, hey, what's your experience with divorce? Tell me your story. And you tell honestly what your story is, people are more likely to share. And that creates a feedback loop where they develop a relationship with your show. You have, when you have greater engagement, you have more loyal listeners, and those listeners are more likely to tell another person and another person and another person about your show. And your listeners will also feel that there's something, they're a part of something that they want to support by rating your show, by reviewing your show, by doing all the things you need to have your show succeed. And, you know, owning your voice, it's also about the hustle. Because when you speak confidently, 
You can pitch yourself as a guest to other shows. You can march right up to so-and-so and say, hey, I love your dog walking show. I especially loved your episode on dogs that eat other dogs' poo. I have a dog that does something even crazier than that, and I would love to be a guest on your show to talk about what my dog does that's even crazier than eating other dogs' poo. You can say that with humor and with confidence when you own your voice. You can ask people you admire to be guests on your show. You can approach them and tell them what they're going to get out of the deal and do it with joy and confidence. I would love to have you as a guest on my show. My listeners especially love your message about crocheting and activism. And you know what? Nobody can tell your story better than you. And then you can ask those guests with confidence to promote their appearances on your show. You can ask other shows of similar sizes, hey, do you want to swap promos? You can shout out my show, I'll shout out your show. You can use your voice to do so many important things when you're not questioning whether or not your voice sounds okay. And yes, by the way, you should be doing all those things I just mentioned every single week as part of your job as a, podca as a podcaster. And did I mention your voice? The world needs it. 51% of the population is female, and yet 100% of U.S. presidents have been men. 100% of all the faces on U.S. paper currency are currently men. 96% of film directors are men. 83% of lead characters in films are men. And 63% of speaking characters overall are men. And 84% of the journalists awarded the Pulitzer so far, all of them are men. Your voice is a gift. It's an antidote to the patriarchy. It is a tool in your own liberation. It's the thing that will make somebody else feel less alone in this world. And when you make someone feel less alone, that's one of the greatest things you can do. It's one of the greatest accomplishments of a human being is to make someone feel a little bit less alone, a little bit more seen, and maybe a little bit more capable of loving themselves. And it doesn't matter if you've never told your story to anyone before today. It doesn't matter if you don't have any formal training in podcasting. Nobody did before they started. 10 plus years ago when I started, I didn't know anything about podcasting. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of questions. It doesn't matter if you have been doing this for over a year and still don't quite feel confident in your work. And it doesn't matter if nobody other than your mom and your best friend listen to your show. The fact is, no one's born an expert. No one starts with an audience and it's never too late to start or start over. As examples, I like to point to these two icons in the food world. Um, Julia Child took her first cooking class when she was 37. And Colonel Sanders, he first started selling chicken at 65. It is never too late to start something or to start over. And I want you all to know that I believe in you. You can learn. You can ask questions, you can make mistakes, you can learn from those mistakes. Lord knows I've made a trillion mistakes and that's just like this morning. I make mistakes all the time. And you can improve someone's life, including your own, by raising up your voice. And right now, right here, you're surrounded by hundreds of people who want to help you and hear you and learn from you. Look around, everybody in this room, they all want to listen to you, to ask you questions, to learn from you. You've got this. Please go out there. Enjoy this conference. Enjoy what you make. Go out into the world and use that amazing voice of yours. I can hardly wait to hear what you all make. Thank you. She was brilliant, was she not? So much wisdom and power. 
Give Kristen a shout out on Twitter. You can find her at Kristen Meinsner or Instagram. You can find her there at K10, and that's the number. So K10 Meisner, and let her know how much listening to her words really meant to you. And a quick reminder, if you want to watch the video or get the videos and audio for the rest of the brilliant speakers, and obviously including Kristen's keynote that attended She Podcast Live, get the virtual ticket over at shepodcast.com slash virtual ticket. All links are in the show notes. All right. Thanks to our sponsor, Meet Edgar. Remember, head over to meetedgar.com slash shepodcast to get your first month for $1. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.